What's up, everybody? Welcome to a bonus edition of The Fifth Down. I am your host, Jose. With me tonight, as usual, Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's up? Too sweet. Enjoying the shelter in place. Tonight, we got a very special episode. It's a, it's a wrestling edition of The Fifth Down. It's definitely a Jose favorite. Um, special request. Yeah, yeah you know. You know, we all at one point in our lives watched wrestling. I still, I still currently check out the product. Um, I know you, uh, Junie and Brad, I know you guys don't really check it out as much these days as before. But you guys still have a good knowledge of the history of wrestling. Yeah, you know, recently I've fallen out of it. But I mean, in that Attitude Era, it was definitely must-see TV, especially Monday Night Raw. You know, after a good Monday Night football game, you know, just go and watch a couple dudes in underwear slap each other around and lay on each other exactly you know this episode is gonna make up for uh wrestlemania right here that yeah black ass wrestlemania that just happened yeah you know uh, outside of the boneyard match i think everything else could have been taken out of that wrestlemania yeah everything um (laughs) but yeah like we're gonna you know we're gonna do our top five wrestlers of all time and we're also going to give you guys our top five matches of all time so do you guys have anything you want to say about like uh, memories of wrestling or anything before we get into it well you know with wrestling it's not really so stat based um it's not even championship based much like uh, you know any other traditional sport it's really wrestlers that you identify with um it's really going to be I expect a wide range and, you know, a lot of fan favorites. Uh, Ric Flair would beg to differ on the titles. Woo! And John Cena. And John Cena. John Cena. We'll see if either of them make my list. (laughs) All right. Without any further ado, let's get started with our top five. So we're going to start with our number five. Brad, you go first. Ooh, number five. You know, this one was a struggle. Um, I, I, I think my top three is um, it's pretty much solidified. But for me, it was going to be um, Mankind. I mean, he was just a fan favorite for the era. I mean, he had so many memorable characters. Dude Love, Cactus Jack. I mean, he was just all over the place. I and mean, he put on a great product. I mean, willing to just cut himself up for for the event and yeah he was just one of those guys that I remember vividly and every time I saw him come on I knew it was going to be entertaining there was going to be comedic value and you know it was must see TV. Mankind was a great wrestler man like you know he, and, and he had talent in the ring it wasn't like he was one of those guys that just was like a body out there you know that just knew how to I mean don't get me wrong he put his body on the line every match and I think that's what was so memorable to us like the hell in the cell all the hardcore matches he was in yeah. but he was also a great wrestler he was a he was a and and you know who doesn't remember his first vignettes when he came into WWE with the mouse like in the boiler room like and just sitting there with the mouse walking around and actually, a fun fact with that, the mouse actually was a pet rat of um, Jim Cornette. Oh, look at that. The uh, WWE historian. Here, everybody. Yeah, he, yeah, had, what he, had, um, he had one of the best finishing moves, too. The mandible claw. I mean, it, 
growing up when you when you saw that finishing move like like i i got scared you know, <laughs> yeah. it, you know? hilarious yeah absolutely especially when you would see a guy like the undertaker get down to his knees on it like i mean it's freaking yeah. crazy. and and apparently depending on how much mankind liked you is how hard he applied it so if he did not like you he applied it really hard yeah it was intense one of the yeah. most intense finishing moves out there so Junie, who do you have at number five uh number five for me is uh hbk Shawn michaels uh, one of the best entertainers out there. Uh, he had the he had the long hair, good looking guy. Um, he had a bunch of confidence. Uh, probably one of the best theme music songs. Walking out um, to the ring, uh, super kick, uh, elbow drop. Uh, he just had it all, and he had the charisma in the ring too. Um, definitely one of my one of my uh, top favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, and yeah, just everything about him, DX, um, and, and, uh, even the old days with, um, uh, the, with the rockers, no, the rockers. Yeah. The rockers. Yeah. The rockers. So, uh, Shawn Michaels is, uh, number five for me. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Shawn Michaels, man. The heartbreak kid was a legend of the the eighties and the nineties. And even when he made his return in 2002, I mean, he didn't miss a beat. Honestly, my favorite Shawn Michaels was, like, when he just went completely crazy in, like, 97. Like, when he started coming out with the little biker shorts and, like, he, start, he just started doing all the crazy stuff with, uh, with Triple H and Degeneration X. Like, when he became a degenerate man, because I think that's who Shawn Michaels really was in the 90s. He was really that much of a prick. And I think when they finally just let him be that person... He, he, he was finally able to shine because when they had him as a face in 96, I don't think it was believable because we all knew, like, um, most people knew that he wasn't that nice of a person. And so I, I think it didn't always translate to the fans. Right. What, what, what did you think of Shawn Michaels at five, Brad? Uh, Shawn Michaels, I mean, he was a great guy. You, you, you loved it when he was a heel. You loved it when he was one of the good guys. I mean – he was just he was memorable. He he had the he had the kick. Everyone knew it. I mean, you know, when he would just stomp his heel and he was loading up, you knew what was coming. He was one of those guys. And and and, and what we've seen so far with uh with mankind and HBK and with all of these guys is they've they've gone in there with the the tops of their time of these legends and they've held their own and they made they gave you those moments. You know, and I do hate how nowadays the super kick means nothing because people just use it way too many times. I mean, once Sweet Chin music from Shawn Michaels meant the end of a match. And now, you know, people use a super kicks. They'll do like three, four at a time. And, and, and they mean nothing. It's like the same thing like the frog splash. You know, that used to be Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's finishing move. And now, you know, it means nothing, which actually brings me to my number five, Latino Heat, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> All right. Ah, oh, man, I love Eddie, man. Like, he was just a classic wrestler. Same thing like with Sean, man. You love to hate him and you love to love him. Like, he just, his, his in-ring ability combined with his um, mic skills, like, it was just one of a kind. And, like, every time you saw him in the ring, it was like a one-of-a-kind experience. You know, his, like, classic feuds with, like, uh, 
with with Rey Mysterio, like uh, right before his passing with Kurt Angle, like when he was uh, with Chavo and they were the the tag team, they were those Guerreros with Chris Jericho and WCW. I mean, he had so many classic feuds with with JBL, man. When they did the whole, you know, when when JBL was like the the, the you know like the Wall Street douchebag and and he did like the whole race thing like Eddie Guerrero did a great job and you know he only held the title once in WWE like the main title but it he was able to he was able to hold it and and give it the respect that it deserved and I think you know he was one of those guys that left too soon but he left us with a lot of memorable moments definitely I thought if he you know he was around for much longer he definitely would have been um, you know, much higher on my list. Um, but yeah, Eddie Guerrero was a great guy. Great wrestler. Yeah, you can't argue. Right. I mean, uh, his moment when he won the uh, the title versus uh, Brock Lesnar at No Way Out. I mean, that was, uh, that was probably one of the most memorable moments in WWE history, especially where he came from, uh, being one of the smaller guys. Um, his, uh, Wrestling is, a, or, or a WWE or WWF is a sport where um, the, usually the big guys are the, uh, the champions. And, and that year, um, Eddie Guerrero showed people that, hey, look, you know, um, I have the wrestling skills. I have the mic skills. Why can't I be champion? And uh, he beat Brock Lesnar his way by cheating. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. It was awesome. When he, jumped in the crowd, when he jumped in the crowd and, like, just celebrated yeah. with the people. Yeah. That that was a that was an awesome moment. Um, so yeah, I can't argue with that. All right, so that brings us to number four, Junie. Who do you have at number four? Woo! I think you guys know who that is. The Nature Boy. Na, 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 na. Uh, Ric Flair is my number four uh, top wrestler. Uh, he just he literally in terms of Mike skills. He's probably the best wrestler that had um, the best Mike skills. Uh, just the look, limousine riding, jet flying. Just he just had everything. He had the look. Um, he had the glasses. He had the swag, um, and he was great in the ring too. Uh, figure four, um, and 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 just his persona was was amazing. Fifteen time uh, heavyweight champion all the accolades and he lasted longer than a lot of these wrestlers now, uh, now these days. So Ric Flair is my number four. You know, what I loved about Ric Flair is that he truly lived his persona, like outside of the, outside of the ring, he played, he like, he was not Richard Flair. He was Ric Flair in and out of the ring. Everyone who talks about him always talks about how he, he was so great because he lived his persona. He was really riding limousines. He was really, you know, a ladies' man. Like, that's who he was. He was a nature boy. He, you know, like, no one could dress like him. And, and very few could match him in the ring. He, wasn't, he was never the biggest guy. He was never the strongest guy. But no one could, could articulate a match better than he could, in my opinion. Agreed. All right, so that brings us to your number four, Brad. Oh, uh, my number four is probably controversial. I, I thought about putting other wrestlers at this spot, but ultimately, 
it came down to the only wrestler from the other organization that was really re relevant in the Attitude Era. Um, my wrestler is Sting. Um, he, to me, he identified he was he identified that brand, and if you watched, you know, uh, WCW, um, you were watching because of the Sting. He was the guy in that uh, in that league or in, in that association. Um, I mean, that's the only time I ever watched WCW was just for him. Um, you know, his feud with the Four Horsemen in the early '90s, uh, winning the uh, you know the heavyweight championship. Um, feud with the New World Order, the Wolf Pack. Um, I just found them to be very interesting and really the only reason I watched WCW. Can't go wrong with that one, man. Loved Crow Sting, especially Crow Sting. I, I don't remember too much of like the Surfer Sting because that was, you know, the early 90s. But once mm -hmm. he became the Crow Sting in 97, I remember that for sure. And yeah, like, like just how he took down single-handedly the NWO. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah, face paint, baseball bat, jacket, yeah. long black jacket. Coming yeah, he, he, he was very identifiable. You knew who, who he was. He flew down from the Raptors. I mean, he used to hang up, hang out up there with the baseball bat. Like that. you, yeah, he was a one of a kind persona. And and, yep. and he was another guy that gave you chills. Yeah, definitely one cool. of the greats in my yeah. opinion. And my number four, you know, is another guy that used to give you chills. The Undertaker. Ooh. Dead the man. dead man. Yeah. You know, you can call him the, the conscience of the WWE, the constant of the WWE. You know, there was guys coming and going, leaving to WCW for more money, especially in the mid-90s before Austin and Rock really started coming up. And he's the guy that stuck around. He's the guy that never held up Vince for money. He never... You know, he was he, he never he never really had a long title reign either. You know, he didn't even have between 91 and 97. He had zero world title reigns. He didn't have another title reign until WrestleMania 13. Never complained about it, you know, and they put him in some stinkers at WrestleMania. I mean, he had a fight King Kong Bundy. You know, he, he had he had a fight um, guys like um, like Jimmy Snuka and yeah. and Jake the Snake. Pastor Primes, like you know, he had a, he had a fight like uh, the Phenom was definitely great. I mean, I'll, yeah. I remember, uh, you know, 21, 21 undefeated WrestleMania bouts in a row, and then he, you know, he loses to this dude Brock Lesnar, which I don't think his streak should have ever ended. You know, it, yeah, it was definitely. like the holy grail of the WWE. It was a holy grail of WrestleMania, and I think it should have stayed intact. Well, hey, and the one of my favorite. something in like Goldberg streak, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like once the Goldberg streak ended in WCW, like his whole mystique was over. Yeah. He was never able to recover from that. Like when he lost to Kevin Nash and WCW, like you know Goldberg was not that unbeatable beast anymore. And then you know that combined with the limited wrestling arsenal, it kind of affected his whole mystique with the fans. No, no, Undertaker is definitely deserving to be in the, the top five for sure. All right, Brad, that brings us to number three. Uh, I mean, we've already discussed it. it. To me, number three is the phenom, the Undertaker. I mean, what more can be said? 
I mean, such a long running character. Um, you know, you still see him nowadays. Um, you know, it's very rare, but still, I, I thought he he was one of those guys that you know identified a, a just a type of match, a hell in the cell. He was one of those guys when you saw the hell in the cell or even the casket match, you knew it was oh, Undertaker. Yeah. You know, um, you know, with uh, with the urn, is such a such a memorable character, and and you know the feud with Kane. Um, I mean, he just had so many good storylines, so many good matches. Um, yeah, Undertaker. Got him at number three. I definitely think Undertaker, when he came, when, like, when he became the Phenom in 98, that was probably my favorite version of him. And my second favorite would probably have to be when he came, when he first came back as the American Badass. Yeah, and I mean, when he did the tightrope walk, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. Tombstone pile driver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, any kid growing up in that era that didn't do the Tombstone pile driver. Yeah, I mean, and when when he got those those big hands around your neck, you knew what was coming. Yeah, exactly. Who who didn't at some point when they were a kid have a nightmare of the Undertaker choke slamming them? Yeah, definitely, definitely one of my favorites. All right, Junie, that brings us to your number three. Uh, my number three, it, it's a little different from what we talked about. I I, I kind of modified things. Uh, my number three is Hulk Hogan. Uh, the, people considered him the, the Michael Jordan of wrestling, uh, had, you know, had the size, had the look, um, just, he's just a beast. I mean, wasn't the most technical wrestler, but in terms of his moves, they were effective, Le- uh, leg drop, um, you know, uh, what else did he have? Uh, just a lot of the things, the power up, I mean, and, and my most memorable Hulk Hogan moment is when he turned uh, bad when he turned heel with the NWO. I think that changed um, wrestling. Uh, that it, it changed a lot of um, fans' perspective on him. Um, they were they were mad at him. People thought it was real, you know. And and uh, who who doesn't remember Bash at the Beach? Uh, when, sick, yeah. when it was the Outsiders versus Sting, Macho Man, and Lex Luger. Uh, when when he came out uh, out of the back, people thought he was going to help. Lex Luger, Sting, and Macho Man, yeah. he ended up leg-dropping Sting, and that changed the whole course of wrestling for the next, what, five, six years. Absolutely. You know, I gave the Hulkster a second wind. Um, he, you know, he had his, his whole, like, um, American hero um, gimmick had kind of run its course with, uh, with the Hulkamaniacs. You know, they weren't really responding to him as much anymore. So he didn't want to turn heel, but, I mean – it's it's probably the best thing he did for his career. He he got a second life as Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. And who I mean, doesn't? I debated uh, yeah. having Hulk at four, but I put Sting there just because I thought Sting had, you know, the the better career in the WCW. But yeah, Hulk Hogan definitely had some moments in, in both organizations. Yeah. You know, who's gonna do that? The, the NWO Hogan, you know, guitar. Yeah, and arguably one of the most pivotal you know, matches of all time with Andre the Giant. Maybe it's on my list. Maybe it's not. Yeah. And, you know, which brings us to my number three. My number three. This one, I, you know, I kind of went back and forth on, but I, I got to go with 
with the rock. So, okay. You know, the, the rock, you know, it's crazy how when he first came up, you know, it was die, Rocky, die. Like the fans just hated him. He, he came out as Rocky Maivia, like some go happy guy, you know, just smiling with some weird blue trunks. And like, you know, the fans would just yell to him, die, Rocky, die. And probably the best thing that ever happened to him was being put in the Nation of Domination. Oh, oh yes. That let him hone his skills. And then slowly but surely, you know, he took over ownership of that group. And we really saw the dark side of the rock. And, and little by little, he won the hearts of the people. He was a bad guy getting cheered. I mean, it's probably the first time that we ever saw that, you know, like a bad guy getting cheered by the fans. Yeah, uh, to me, The Rock was one of those wrestlers where I didn't really care he was good or a heel. He was just, I just liked him as a character, as a guy. I thought he was just always funny. The charisma just oozed from the TV screen. Yeah, The Rock. Definitely good pick. That's definitely a good pick. Which brings us now to number two. Junie, who do you have at number two? All right, my number two is, to me, the most technical wrestler to ever lace them up, um, John Cena. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, huh? <laughs> uh, it, it's, um, it's Bret Hart. Uh, okay. The best you know, there was. <laughs> the best there ever will be. Growing up, he was my favorite wrestler as a kid. Like, the, the shades the black and pink, the, you know, the Jerry curl hair, like he to me was the best technical wrestler. Um, just at all the moves, sharpshooter, um, just very efficient. Punches were crisp. Um, he was a champion. Um, and, um, you know, matches with Shawn Michaels, uh, Stone Cold, The Undertaker. Uh, he just had everything to me. And, 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 and to me, that's why he's in my number two. My brother yeah, I mean, would that, agree with you. That, that look is undeniable. Those Oakley shades, you knew oh, who yeah. was coming out in that singlet. Yeah, that and, pink singlet. Yeah. Um, then what he used to do, like, the, to the people, you know, like the fans, like he'd come out, spread yep. his arms out, do, like, his little, like, hey, guys, you know, kind of reminded you of, like, the Fonz. Yeah. Yeah. The leather jacket, you know, he just – he just had a, you know, he had, he had this, uh, he just had, you know, he was just confident, just super confident. And, and, and cause he's, he's, he's good at his craft. You know, exactly. he's from the Hart family, you know, Stu Hart, the, uh, trained at the dungeon. I mean, you know, all the best wrestlers came out of the, the dungeon, you know, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, you know, Jim Anvil Nineheart, like all these guys that are, you know, wrestling legends trained out of the, the dungeon and uh, Bret Hart was probably the best one. I agree. And, you know, what was so great about Bret Hart is he didn't have no crazy finishing move, man. He just, like you said, he was just the most sound technical wrestler that I think has ever come to the uh, WWE, anywhere. I mean, WCW didn't know how to use him, but, and that's why he was unsuccessful there. But in WWE, there was no one better than him in terms of just like a sound technical guy. He just, he knew how to make you look like a million bucks while making himself look like a million bucks at the same time. And, you know, like, I feel like once he embraced like being like the bad guy, 
I feel like he got much better on the mic as well. Because I think when he was a good guy, like his mic skills kind of were on and off. But I think once he embraced being bad in 97 with the Heart Foundation, I think that that really benefited him as well. And, and who doesn't remember the, uh, the screw job with him and Shawn Michaels? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, him, spit, him spitting at, at Vince McMahon is right. such a memorable moment. So memorable. So memorable. And, you know, it was real. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it got a 30 for 30. Yeah. Exactly. And the Dark Side of the Ring. Which I watched and it was amazing. So, I mean, yeah. if you haven't checked that. that out, Brad, you have to check it out. Some vice. I'll have to, uh, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it in my queue. I'll definitely have to check it out. All right, Brad, that brings us to your number two. My number two, um, y- y- my number two is the rattlesnake, Steve Austin, 316. Um, I mean, he was just one of those guys that every time he came on, I just couldn't help but laugh no matter what he did. When he brought out the milk, the milk truck, absolutely hilarious. Uh, throwing beer cans out and out into uh, out into the audience. He, he, this guy was just hilarious. His feud with Vince McMahon, the stunner, who didn't want to do the stunner. You still see kids trying to do the stunner these days. Oh, yeah. And, it, 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 Steve Austin, one of one one of the greats, and in my books, number two. Steve Austin was a turning point of the Attitude Era. Yeah, I mean, so, so, such a great guy. I mean, I and they didn't really get his character right in WCW, but man, did 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 it get nailed down in the WWF? And it's funny because for him, you know, like winning the King of the Ring is what made him a household name. When he did that, John 316, well, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. You know, when he did that, he became Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, he tried fighting it for like a year, you know, staying a bad guy, ignoring the fans, but they were like, nah, man, we don't care. We're going to love you no matter what you say. Yeah, 316, Austin. Yeah, that brings us to my number two. My number two is... Ooh, yeah, the Macho Man. Oh, man. Like, I used to love the Macho Man. Like, he, you know, he was just a childhood favorite of mine. I I used to just love his promos. You didn't understand what the heck he was talking about half the time, but they were just classics. You know, like, he could could talk on the mic like no other. You know, And, and he was also such a great wrestler. Another guy, you know, his finishing move was so simple. It was just an elbow drop from the from the third rope, you know, and like he made something so simple, so efficient. And, you know, it's something that guys now use for, you know, like just whatever. And, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely a guy that I always just loved watching in the ring and especially watching his promos. I don't know how you guys felt about him. Yeah. I mean, uh, to, to me, he did identify an, an era, um, you know, especially with Hulk Hogan, that the era that, pr- that, that came before the Attitude Era. He was one of the marquee guys. Yeah, Macho was great. Uh, my biggest thing with Macho is uh, the Slim Jim commercials. You know, watching WCW and, and then him appearing on the Slim Jim commercials. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, and then who could forget that hat? Yeah, the hat and then the, the glasses and, yeah. Macho. Yeah, the match with, uh, with Hogan and Miss Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. 
Definitely one of the greats. And then when he challenged Hulk Hogan to a fight um, in their later years, like when when they had that whole feud going on, that was yeah. always so funny. He made like a whole rap video and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, so that brings us now to our long-awaited number one. Brad, you start us off at number one. Um, my number one, arguably one of the top entertainers in the world today, killing it in the movies. You could argue that his out-of-the-ring success far exceeds his in-the-ring in uh, accomplishments, but it's The Rock. Um, You're going to say John Cena. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> The Rock. Um, I mean, this guy, he, he has a bloodline. He has the fans now. He's got the movies. He has what every wrestler wants right now. They want life after the ring. The Rock has proved you can do it. I mean, such a memorable character with the Rock and Sock connection. You mentioned, you know, the uh, the Nation of Domination, his feud with with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, he just had so many good moments. Um, yeah. Um, and one that stands out was, you know, um, oh, man. It was just a rock and sock connection. Whenever those two came on and yeah. did a tag team match, it was just hilarious. Absolutely hilarious because it shouldn't work, but it works. It was great comedic timing. I mean, it's just, they should have never been tag team partners to begin with, but man, did they strike gold there. And then, you know, when the, when the rock was a bad guy and then like the fans would start trying to sing, uh, like, you know, say along his phrases and stuff. And then he would be like, this isn't sing along with the rock time. All you jabronis, you know? Yeah. Like, well, what was your favorite moment, uh, Jose? Um, it doesn't matter. Exactly. He used to get right, everybody. To that one. <laughs> with um, Bubba Dugley when, when yeah. he was like, what? What is your name? And he was like, bubba, bubba. <laughs> and then he was like, it doesn't matter what your name is. And he did that to Booker T, Chris Jericho, you name it. We all knew it was coming, but it was always comedic gold. To the Big Show, I mean, oh man, his stuff with Big Show was hilarious. Yeah, I agree. He had a lot of good um, feuds and, and matches with different wrestlers. Um, yeah, my only knock was it relatively short lived. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, like, I'm not hating on John Cena. Like, I love John Cena, but John Cena, to, to me, will always be the lesser version of The Rock. Yeah. And it's a good, you can even it's a good comparison. Category, honestly. Like, wrestling skills, Rock was better. Mike skills, Rock was better. Um, acting, Rock is better. Uh, you know, he just, he had a better character. And, 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 and he, he lived his character. And I feel like John Cena never lived up to the hype of his character. He was better as a rapper than, than what he is now. You know, he was better as NWO John Cena at WrestleMania, the last WrestleMania. And that was just a skit. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, John Cena never lived up to the hype. He, he was a shitty wrestler. You know, he didn't have... You know, it was supposed to be him and Randy Orton taking over the reins. At least Randy Orton has the wrestling skills. John Cena does not have the wrestling skills whatsoever. Yeah, I definitely think, yeah, John Cena, um, like, 
he like between like 2005 and like 2010 you really thought he was gonna like take over the rings but then like over the last 10 years it just seems like before he like stopped really being a full-time performer it just really seemed like his his whole gimmick got very like stale and it, it doesn't really seem like he reinvented himself like the rock figured out how to reinvent himself austin reinvented himself the undertaker figures out how to keep himself relevant and i feel like with cena they just like because he was so popular with the kids, he was so popular with like the Make-A-Wish um, foundation. I just feel like the company was too afraid to do anything with that character and change it. And it made it get stale with the adults. Super stale, repetitive. You know, what was this thing, Never Give Up? Like, yeah. I don't associate Never Give Up with John Cena. You know, yeah, you, you can't see me, sure. But that got so old. And, um, you know, he just, to me, it was just, just stale. Which brings us to Jose's number one, John Cena. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, he was a close second, but my number one is a rattlesnake. All right. Steve Austin. Like, um, he, he was the turning point. Him and The Undertaker were the turning point in the Attitude Era. They were the reason why WWE really was able to beat WCW in the ratings. Um, between like just the Undertaker's feud with Kane and just his constant presence there, and just Austin. I mean, his feud with McMahon, like with that whole McMahon family, and just what he did, what he personified. It just it turned the tide in during the Attitude Era, and it really like while WCW stayed uh, stayed like um, got stale. WWE was like the fresher, more you know popular option for the fans yeah yeah um, austin's my number one as well uh he he Ooh. saved he saved uh wwf at the time when, yeah. the, when they were losing in the ratings because of the end of uo um and 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 just the whole beating up the boss you know the black black trunks bald head skull on the back you know badass you know doesn't give a fuck like his, just his attitude, his attitude and his persona um, is what saved the WWF, and that's why he's the number one to me because, I mean, he can't yeah. be He was a heel character that got over with the fans. His pers- the way he acts is the way a heel acts. Even the way he acts in the ring is, is very heelish, but the fans loved it, no matter what Austin did. If, the, if, if, if Austin told the fans to fuck off, they would have cheered louder and told each other to fuck off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how, that's how big he was. Yep. The what? What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even when he did that, like, you know, yeah. people still do it now. Yeah. Stone Cold, definitely one of my favorites, too. And just, to me, The Rock was just more memorable. I mean, I could see the argument for Steve Austin at number two. Yeah, Steve Austin definitely had... Yeah, those moments. Um, you know. didn't have uh, Hulk Hogan in the top five. Yeah, I mean, to me, the golden era was the Attitude Era, and I, all my favorite wrestlers came from there. I mean, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know, there was uh, Su- uh, Jimmy Superfly. There, there were definitely some characters um, from that generation, but yeah, no, like, character, yeah, yeah persona-wise, I identified more with the Attitude Generation. Like I didn't have 
I didn't have Bret Hart in mind or Ric Flair or, or Hulk Hogan. And it was definitely tough, you know, but yeah, it was just the ones that I personally identified with. And for me, you know, like the macho man, just like, he was just someone that really left a lasting impression on me. Same with Eddie Guerrero. And that's, that's what, you know, how they narrowly edged out guys like Hulk Hogan and, and Bret Hart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Should we stop it here and then? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I already stopped it. Um, so I All right, guys. Now moving on to our next list. This list is our top five matches of all time. Um, you know, like there's so many memorable matches, whether you think WCW, NWA, WWF, WWE, you know, ECW. Um, but we had to cut it down to five and just our five most memorable matches. So we're going to start with you, Junie. What, what do you have at number five? Uh, my number five is uh, Undertaker versus Mankind, uh, Hell in the Cell. Uh, I think that it, it, it took the cage match to the next level, um, especially those two going at it. Um, Undertaker choke slamming mankind, you know, uh, through the cage, and then also Undertaker throwing mankind off the cage onto the uh, announcer table. Uh, but it, it it just was a lot of back and forth. You got the tax, you know, um, a lot of uh, a lot of blood, a lot of uh, good wrestling. So that's that's my uh, number five on my list. That was definitely a memorable match. Um, you know, like, it's just like how not even two minutes into it, Mankind's already gone from the top of the cage and thrown onto the announcer's table. And like they said, if he would have been thrown just like two inches further, he would have probably been paralyzed. Right. That is how dangerous that move was. But it was a match that really revolution, revolutionized the, 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 the Hell in a Cell. Yeah. You know, even though the first one was with Shawn Michaels, but this one was different. It it just it felt different. And yeah, it was it was a crazy night. Yep. For sure. Brad, who do you have at number five for top matches? Uh top matches of all time. We uh we've alluded to it earlier, but uh nineteen ninety six WrestleMania. Iron Man match, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, yep. number five. I mean, it was 60 minutes. It was, uh, you, it, you literally were glued to the TV set the whole time. Um, yeah, I mean, both of them, you know, really cemented their legacies. Um, Michaels captures his first uh, WWE championship at the time. Um, yeah, no pinfalls within the first 60 minutes. Um, yeah, definitely one, one of those matches when you see that it's that type of match, an Ironman match, you just have to, you know, it's must-see TV. You have to come in and watch. And that was, you know, uh, I thought that that was also really, really uh, pivotal with uh, with the promotions, uh, with the ratings between the different promotions, WCW and uh, WWF at the time. Oh, yeah. The Iron Man match was a great match, definitely, you know. It was 60 minutes. And the, the fact that because now you see in the Iron Man matches that, like, 
you know, the score will be like four to three or something like that. But the fact that that one had no pinfall scored in 60 whole minutes, it was crazy. It had to go to sun and death. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorites. It's one of those where you could probably know nothing about wrestling, just show that match, explain the rules, and, you know, you got yourself a fan. Well, my number five is Shawn Michaels versus The Ladder. WrestleMania okay. 10 against Razor Ramon. You know, but I not many it. people. Yeah, the bad guy. You hey, know, yo. Remember him that, that, that he was in that match because all people remember is Shawn Michaels in that ladder. And what I loved about it is that, you know, it was like the first of its kind. And the fact that, like, now you see, like, 45 ladders, like, around the ring. <laughs> in that match, there was one ladder that was used, just one ladder. And I just think the fact that, you know, they used the ladder, like, everything Shawn did throughout the match, and, you know, the fact that – and that the fact that that was the only ladder used throughout the whole match, I just think it shows to, like, the professionalism and the greatness of Shawn Michaels. For sure. Agreed. Definitely one of his memorable matches. Yeah, two, two great wrestlers. Uh, the bad guy versus the heartbreak kid. Uh, two – both great showmen in the ring. Um, and then, you know, Shawn Michaels winning that Intercontinental title. I mean, he's, he's known for that – the white – intercontinental title like that's his title absolutely yeah. well that brings us to number four brad Ooh, my my number four let me pull it up here but um it's just one of those uh it's probably forgotten by most people but if you are a fan of of either the Hearts, Brett or Owen Hart, you probably remember WrestleMania 10, you know, oh, the, the, the two brothers pitted against each other in 1994. I mean, the setting uh, at Madison Square Garden, I mean, Owen Hart with the upset victory, I mean, it was critical for WrestleMania and for WWE at the time, and it was just, it was just a ready-made, everyone saw it was coming, and you know, it was just two brothers. It was a sibling rivalry. They knew each other, and it was, you know, their counters were great. They they knew what each other was going to do. They played off of each other really well. And, you know, probably the greatest opening match in, in the history of any event, in my book. Yeah, you could definitely not go wrong with that match. I actually watched it recently, and it was – people forget, you know, as great as Bret Hart was, how equally great – Owen Hart was and you know like they made each other look like a million bucks in that match and the way that like uh that Owen Hart pulled it off was just amazing and it's funny because Bret Hart actually had two matches in that Wrestlemania he ended up um fighting Yokozuna later in the night um but yeah that was just it was it was it's a great match you cannot go wrong with that one as your number four yeah, I don't remember much of Owen Hart, but that match stands out to me. Well, that brings us to number four, Juni. Uh, my number four also happened at Madison Square Garden, uh, WrestleMania 20. Shawn Michaels versus Chris Benoit and tri- versus Triple H. Um, okay. I know it's taboo to talk about Chris Benoit, but 
he was technically one of the best wrestlers that I've seen up there with Bret Hart. And that match alone with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, two of the greatest, you know, wrestlers of all time. I mean, the, the, the wrestling that was displayed that night was beautiful. Um, triple or it was a triple threat match. Um, it was back and forth, back and forth. Um, and that was Chris Benoit's moment when he won the, uh, the world heavyweight title. And, uh, it was well-deserved at the time. And, and, uh, for me, that's number four. Yeah, that, that was, a, that was a very good match. You know, it was funny how they had, um, Shawn Michaels last minute get inserted into that match because they didn't know if, you know, Chris Benoit, Triple H would be enough to pull it together. But like, yeah, those three together put on a great show. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, my number four um, actually happened on that same night at WrestleMania 20. It was Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle. And to okay. me, that was a great match too. Just because like, you know, like, it just it personified the greatness of both. You know, at the time, Kurt Angle was probably the top heel in the company. He was just so good at getting heat with the people. And, like, and Eddie Guerrero was just so good at getting under Kurt Angle's skin. And just how, like, you know, how Eddie loosened up the boot. And when um, Kurt went to put him in the ankle lock, he, you know, the boot came off. And then he was able to roll him up and get him. And, and Eddie did what Eddie did best, cheat to win. And I, it was just a very memorable night and a very memorable match to me. Yeah, it was it was great, especially at the end when Eddie and Chris um, united at the end of the um, yeah. Michael Triple H match, and they both had the, their titles. And uh, it, was, it was it was just an amazing moment for for both parties, and it showed people that you know you didn't have to be six four. You know, like Hulk Hogan, you know, you don't have exactly. to be like The Rock. Like, you just, you know, you just have to be you and, and, and good at your craft. I agree. And that brings us to your number three, Junie. Uh, my number three is uh, Stone Cold versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13. Uh, another classic. Yes, the I Quit match. Um, I just think it showed people – um how much heart stone cold had or does have um you mentioned the uh the king or the king of the ring match which put him on top or put him on the map and and i think the uh the match versus bret hart put him you know uh solidified his spot at the top uh just because uh bret hart and him put on a show um and i just remember bret hart uh wrapping that cord around his neck him bleeding and um, him not tapping. And, and it was just amazing. That moment was amazing for me. I agree. I, there, that, that picture, that moment where he's just bleeding profusely and he like passes out to the sharpshooter is right, one right. of the memorable moments in wrestling history. Not just WrestleMania, but wrestling history. Yeah. No, yeah. Most definitely. Definitely. That brings us to your number three, Brad. Uh, my number three, some people may argue it's the most important or the greatest, you know, wrestling match of all time. 1997, WrestleMania three, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. For a lot of the, uh, you know, purist, this is the greatest match ever. 
I mean, it, it is. It's as big as Hulk Hogan was. I mean, there is no one that has ever come close to the stature of Andre the Giant. You know, he was one of those guys, had he stuck around, would, would have probably been number one, the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was just great. Um, Hulkamania, you know, it transcended that and really brought the WWF at the time to uh, new heights. Um, yeah, Hulk Hogan's storytelling, it really brought him front and center. Uh, it was a very emotional and monumental victory. Um, and yeah, and I think with the passing of Andre the Giant, uh, it really bumps it up on some people's list to that number one position. Yeah, you know, Andre is one of those guys that you really wish was around now to tell some stories from, you know, like the the good old wrestling days. Um, he's one of the legends that definitely left us far too soon. Um, I loved watching his documentary and just like learning about his bigger than life persona and just how like even Hulk Hogan said that you didn't know until the night of the match if Andre was willing to put you over because if he wasn't, then you weren't going to be Andre. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And, and you know, and it, it just, it shows like how he is one of those once in a lifetime guys. Definitely. David versus Goliath. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, Hulk Hogan wasn't small. It was, it was the big guy versus the, the shorter guy. And, you know, it, 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 it was memorable. And then Gorilla Monsoon being like pandemonium at the Silverdome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really the only thing that Detroit had going for it in that Silverdome. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, we all know the Detroit Lions weren't doing anything in that. No, in that not zone. then and not ever. Yeah. 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 That's the only thing they produce. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to my number three. My number three happened at WrestleMania 18. It was, you know, the meeting of like Icon versus Icon, Rock Hogan. Man, talk about just like, like you know, past meeting present. Like it, it literally. Like when I watched it for the first time, it brought chills to me it was like it was a chilling match to watch especially when they stood face to face and the fans turned on the rock it was like he was like the top face in the company and it's like in the matter of minutes they they could care less that hogan was hollywood hogan they were like nope we love you man and they started cheering like crazy for him and just the way they worked that match it was just it was amazing like the rock just like instantly learned like okay i gotta work this match like a heel and he did it and yeah, I just I, I think it's a very memorable match in the history of wrestling. Yeah, that, that definitely one of The Rock's uh, better matches. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Sky Dome, Toronto, the crowd, um, Hogan turning into a face that night, um, coming off from the NWO. It, it was definitely memorable. So. Brad, that brings us to your number two. My number two, um, you know, really after the the early 2000s, I didn't really watch a lot of wrestling, but when I saw this match, I knew I wanted to watch it. Didn't know anything going into it, but um, 2009, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Um, I mean, everyone wanted to watch this to me. This was like the... It was the suit. It, it it felt like a Super Bowl 
for 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 a lot of wrestling fans just because it there was a lot of it, it, there was a lot of different generations watching it um and jim ross at the time the commentary was just great it was spot on it was like probably the best commentating job i've ever seen from you know jim ross and 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 he's had a lot of uh a lot of them to to me you know one of the greats um undertaker wins you know and it's in it's basically a classic one of those ones that again you could just watch any time of day not really have to explain it to everyone i didn't even know what was going on but i still want to watch it oh yeah that was definitely a classic um they had two back-to-back wrestlemania classics and um i think there was no one better than the undertaker to retire Shawn michaels for sure. And that brings us to your number two, Juni. Uh, my number two is some a match that you're, you uh, referenced already, Jose, uh, Rock vs. Hogan. Um, you know, just talking about it more, breaking it down. Um, the back and forth, you know, the what you going to do, you know, energy to the, you know, to, to Rock dropping the people's elbow and then Hogan getting up, powering up. It, it was just the back and forth was amazing, even though Hulk Hogan, you know, wasn't technically one of a great wrestler, um, but just the, the energy in the building and, um, you know, just to, just to see that crowd turn Hulk Hogan back to a good guy um, was just electrifying. So for sure. Yeah, that was and, definitely a memorable match. Definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, from beginning to end, like the fans were into it. Crazy, that, crazy. And and you know, and you can watch it now, and you would probably still get chills. Yeah, I watched it um, last weekend, and it, it it still it still was amazing. You know, yeah. it's one of those matches where you can watch over and over again because, you know, the build up to the match, and then you know, the pre fight NWO asking Hogan if they want you know, if they want him to come out and then Hogan saying, no, stay back here, guys, I'll take care of it. You know, you know, to end of the match, uh, NWO jumping Hogan and then rock helping him out. I mean, just an, an amazing match. Yeah, it was definitely a classic. Um, probably will all go down as one of the most memorable matches that. Yeah. Know, that was from, one of those matches. Icon. Yeah. I struggled uh, putting in Jordan or leaving out of my, uh, top five it was right on the cusp well that brings us to my number two my number two is one that you guys referenced earlier it was a 60 man 60 minute iron man match uh bret hart Shawn michaels wrestlemania 12 it was a boyhood dream come true for Shawn michaels um you know i just to me it was it was a great match like I love the, like I mentioned earlier, I love the fact that there was no, no, um, no pinfalls in the first 60 minutes. It had to go to sudden death. Like, I just think that gave it more significance. The fact that in 60 minutes, you know, and the fact that Shawn Michaels would not tap out to the, the sharpshooter as time expired. And, and then Bret Hart, you know, being stopped at the top of the ramp, thinking that he had retained the title and being told that it was going to be sudden death and he comes back all upset 
that was kind of the first time that we saw like heelish Bret Hart. You know, he kind of seemed kind of angry and bitter at that moment. <clears throat> and yeah, it was just and the build up to that match. You know, like we talk about the build up. Build up to this match was crazy. Like you see Shawn Michaels, you know, like looking like a million bucks, and then like Bret Hart has alluded to this before. They show him running in the snow and like you know looking old while they look. They make Shawn Michaels look like the young and spry guy. Yeah, it was just it was a classic match. Another one of two like icons, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And that that brings us to the magical number one, Brad. Who do you who did you designate as your number one match? My number one match. It was really like pitting Kobe against Jordan. Yeah, it was my number one and my number two. It was uh, probably one of the last you know wrestling matches I ever watched. Um, but WrestleMania 2001, Steve Austin versus The Rock. Um, I mean, it, the buildup to it was great. Every week, they, they, The Rock or Stone Cold would try and one-up each other just leading up into this event. Um, I mean, the, the biggest stars at the time, and it really was the, the final nail in the coffin for um, WWC. <laughs> that match probably put them out of business um yeah i mean they're two best stars at the time no one wanted to watch wcw that day it was all about you know wwe um yeah stone cold you know captures uh his fifth championship um but yeah but but with the surprise twist of him turning into a heel and that and then that finish but yeah it was a it was a great match my two favorites it was just great watching the build-up and watching him duke it out. Nice. Oh, yeah, that was definitely a classic. That whole Austin, Austin Rock uh, uh, rivalry was a classic. Yeah, it was a great feud. I mean, it was, you know, akin to the Yankees versus the uh, the Bo Sox, um, Tar Heels versus Duke. It, it had that type of rivalry feeling to me. Jenny, who did you have at number one? Uh, my number one is a match that both of you referenced already. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12. Um, what stood out to me the most was Shawn Michaels. It was his moment, you know, yeah. and coming, coming down from the rafters, you know, um, and, and he, he wore this silver, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, um, it it just it was like a a cowboy suit, but it you know, just just him coming down from the rafters on the cable, and then, you know, him winning, you know this 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 Iron Man match which went you know sixty minutes, um, in, into sudden death, um, it it just put Shawn Michaels on the map, and um, you know the match was beautiful, like from start to finish, you know and. You know, it, 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 um, Bret Hart literally gave Shawn Michaels the keys, um, to the car, um, at the end of the match, you know, in terms of the reins of the title. So, um, for me, that's, that's number one on my list because it, it, it made me appreciate wrestling and it, it just, it, it, it made me appreciate Shawn Michaels more. Um, and, and it, 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 be, it, it made me a fan of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it was an absolute yeah. yeah, instant classic. Yep. 
my number one, you kind of referenced it, Brad. You had the right feud, but for me, it was just a different installment of it. Austin Rock, WrestleMania 19, because it was the final one. It was Austin's last match, and it was the one that finally put the Rock over on Austin. Um, I loved the Rock working as a heel in this one, especially because they both did each other's finishing moves on each other. Like, you know, yeah, seeing I do remember that happen. Austin doing the rock bottom, then rock doing the stone cold stunner. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when like, when the rock did like the first rock bottom and then Austin kicked out, he did the second rock bottom, Austin kicked out and the fans knew it was coming. Like everyone could sense it in the building. Like, Oh my God. Like, you know, and, and when, you know, Austin gets up slowly and the rock puts him in that third rock bottom and everybody knew, you know, and for some, even though Austin hadn't announced he was retiring, it had that feeling to it. We, you know, like the fans felt like this was it for Austin. And, you know, no better way to go out than facing, you know, your greatest rival, The Rock. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, I mean, I, I put, I didn't put that version ahead of uh, the, the first buildup, mainly because um, what really solidified it was WCW was done after, you know, the first, after, after the, after the match I mentioned, it was just done for them. They killed an organi the, a whole wrestling organization after the end of that. It was the final straw, the last nail in the coffin, per se. But, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah the, the last one was definitely great, too. Yeah, man. You know, we, we all had our list. You know, they were different. We all had named very classic, classic matches from – all parts of you know wrestling history and we left out many many other classic matches you know because it's the thing is a lot of times it's going to be taste you know like what might be a favorite match to one person might not be to another i know you know we might have left out a, a you know like a ricky dragon steamboat matches but like i went more with like what i grew up on and what i watched I yeah I think the consensus was, you know, um, was the uh, the Iron Man match. Everyone just appreciated that match. Definitely a classic. I mean, if it was number one on anyone's list, I had a hard time arguing against that because it's my number five. The only reason it's not up higher was just because, you know, there are other wrestlers I like more than, than both of them. Um, but yeah, definitely deserving of the number one spot. Yeah, that's definitely understandable, you know, and I hope you guys enjoyed our list. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed our, our bonus episode this week. And, you know, we'll be back with a whole new episode on Sunday. So you guys um, have a great day. Uh, stay safe. Stay, uh, stay in. You know, don't, don't be crazy. Don't, don't go out right now. Follow orders. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have a, have a good night. Brad, Judy. Good one. Have a good Easter. Yeah, Take it easy. You. Thank you. Have a great everybody. For life. Yeah. For, for, for life, everybody. <laughs>